Hello and welcome to the first of the summer specials for the Progress with Unity podcast. It's a very different one this week, but it is one that has real meaning behind it. I'm joined by two guests from the South, uh, Kaz and Eve. How are you both doing? Very good, thank you. Really well, thank you. Good. And Charlotte, um, making a, a return to the podcast. How are you? I'm great, thank you. So many of you may have seen that there, or well, it was on FA Cup final day that there was a big movement with regards to her game too. And I don't think I can do it justice enough to describe what it means and um, where it all came from. So I'm going to pass over to Kaz. If you could just give us a brief introduction to the, the Her Game 2 movement and what it means and where you hope to go with it. Yeah, so um, on FA Cup final day, me and um, 11 other girls um, decided to release a video uh, highlighting all the sexist abuse that we've received um, for years. Um, we tried to go for more generic ones, um, watered down ones. A lot of people said, oh, they're not that bad. Well, trust me, we've had a lot worse, but we had to keep it quite PG. We had to keep it quite um, generic so a lot more people could relate to it. Um, and yeah, to be honest, sexism in football has been such a big problem for so long. And a lot of women um, will have stories, will have instances where they've had to deal with sexist abuse made to feel like they're not welcome um, when all they want to do is just support the club like everybody else um, so it kind of got to a point where I think during lockdown for me um, I saw it was getting worse um, I don't know if that's due to more people being on social media more people being um, online after games whereas normally they'd be in the pub um, so there was a lot more football related discussions going on I had a personal um, instance myself and um yeah, I just thought, well, why don't we just do something about it? Why don't we spread the, the message? Because I don't think people are aware of how bad it really is. So we started a campaign called Her Game 2. Uh, we released a video highlighting all the abuse that we've had. And uh, we got a million views in 24 hours. So, it, yeah, it did really well. And we're two weeks old and we're on almost 8,000 followers on social media. So, um, yeah, we're really overwhelmed by the amazing support we've had behind it. It's the, the support was something that really, really got me because obviously we, we've been, um, we know about you guys through podcasts throughout the season, um, obviously yourself, Bobby, and people like that. But there was some real support from some real big names as well, wasn't there? And how much has that helped influence everything that you're doing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we we did it with the aim to get people like Laura Woods, Michelle Owen um, to, to get behind it. And we didn't expect them to get behind it so soon. Um, so Michelle Owen, Laura Woods and um, Emma Jones all followed um, our account. They tweeted us messages of support, which was amazing. But the thing I think most notable for us was the fo professional football clubs. Um, these are the clubs that these trolls support. So for them to come out and put tweets out and support us, we had... I mean, there's too many to say now, but the likes of Bristol Rovers in Bristol City, um, Bradford, Port Vale, Rotherham, Huddersfield, some of them even going as far as putting a whole article up on their website, which was so amazing for us because it just goes to show that actually um, we, you know, we, we are being heard um, and these, these pro clubs coming out and saying this is going to make those trolls think twice um, because if they're behind us, then they've got the power to do something about sexist abuse in the game um, and they could do something to the fans of these clubs that are, that are trolling. I must admit I had noticed um, some comments and reported quite a few comments on people's posts. I know Laura Woods 
tends to get a lot of abuse, um, you know, for, for her comments and stuff like that. And it, it's just not fair. You know, there's a lot of uh, injustice in the world, isn't there? But it's it shouldn't be the way that it is. You guys, anyone should be able to watch a game, make a comment about it and just have a conversation about it. Not everyone's going to agree. Um, Eve, I just want to come to you because it, it kind of ties in with what we're here to discuss tonight. And I don't know if you've seen doing the rounds on the social media at the moment, but it's the um, the rules for the Euro 2020s for what um, the lady of the household must and mustn't do. What, what's your view on that? For, for me, it's it's outrageous, but it, 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 it surfaces every time there's a tournament out, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, it, it does the rounds every single time that there's a major tournament. Um, so I'm not surprised about seeing it. Um, and what has pleased me about it is the fact that so many people are outraged and saying how dated this view is. Um, I think it it's a little bit dangerous because the thing I love about the Euros, the World Cup, it brings together the, the nation um, and it encourages people who, who don't follow football um, and people come together. And last time we, we were able to celebrate, that was really lovely. I think by putting out a post like that, it's going to put people off um, and it's creating this, this stigma attached to football that you have to be a diehard fan. And yeah, um, it's that post is not helpful, but I, I can see positives from it this time because of the backlash like I don't remember seeing that over the past few years um so people are getting the message out there that this dated view just isn't on anymore it's it's something that needs dealing with and I'm asking this question blind have the social media companies put anything in place that stuff like this can be dealt with because obviously with uh, racism, there's a, obviously a big subject and a, a big area around that. Obviously, I think the most recent case that I can recall was Marcus Rashford after the uh, Europa League final um, getting uh, online racist abuse. What's what's in place from a, a social media point of view? And that's, that's to either of you, really. Um, so obviously, social media has been tackled lately um, with regards to racist abuse, homophobic abuse, any abuse online. And they've come out and said they're basically not doing much about it, um, which is obviously a shame. Doesn't mean we need to stop fighting it. Obviously, we, we are another voice now that can go and target these social media companies about doing something about this abuse. Um, but for us and our campaign, um, we... Like I said earlier, the backing of the football clubs um, will have a massive bearing on on the online abuse. Um, something came out today which said that Man City have banned um, a support for life because of racist abuse. Um, I think it was at the stadium. It might have been online. But um, yeah, Man City, uh, Man City fan abused a, a Man United player um, racially and he's been banned for life. So it's, it's stuff like that which is going to stop. Um, I think we've got more hope of football clubs getting behind us um, than social media companies, but who's to say they won't follow suit? This is, this is a question to all of you and, you know, maybe take it in turn answering, but do you sometimes fear voicing an opinion about maybe a controversial decision or the way the game went for fear of getting some backlash from some narrow-minded people? I'll come to you, Kaz, if you want to go know, first, and we'll go to Eve. Eve, do you want to go for that one? Um, yeah, sure. So 
yes. Um, I personally, I'm like, I'm not going to be the first one to talk if I'm in a big group. Um, but so sometimes I'll I'll come out with an opinion or I'll say so, so this is like in real life and um, people who don't know me very well will step back and and you get the oh fair play like oh you actually know what you're talking about and like that used to be like okay that's a bit of a compliment but now you just think come on like I've been going to football my whole life I should not be getting praise for coming out out with a an opinion on on football um so on that part of it I think people yeah I'm you you're a little bit worried that you're going to get shot down um and that someone may come for you for being a woman and not being able to have that opinion rather than saying oh I disagree with you this is what I think so that that is a little bit of a worry and on social media um you like you always think twice about posting something a little bit controversial because that's when the trolls are going to come for you because it's just so easy um and that's that's when it's at its worst I think when you're putting out those controversial opinions um so yeah I definitely think twice about about saying something yeah I've definitely written out tweets and then deleted them um because I've been too afraid to to post what I really wanted to say and it's ridiculous because it would be one negative comment in a bunch of 20 positive ones but you always look at the negative one and that's the one you lose sleep over and unfortunately Mm -hmm. it's not always just uh, disagreeing like you've said it'll be they'll start attacking how you look they'll start attacking your weight um your body image um I've had my female body image attacked so many times just because of a, a Bristol Rovers result which is crazy obviously from opposition fans or from Bristol City fans more um uh specifically but yeah it's, it's definitely had an impact on what I've wanted to post I've, I've had to turn down doing my own podcast before because I am too afraid that after I've had a whole week of backlash on social media that if I do a podcast, then people are going to carry on with it and, and just re- reference the abuse they were saying earlier on in the week. Um, and again, with the blog posts that I started doing, I had the idea to do that ages ago and it only took a few friends to convince me to actually go ahead with it and tell me that I need to believe more in myself because I was too afraid to get my opinion on football out there because of the backlash. And Charlotte, obviously you, you've you've come on to our podcast as well. Um, was there any kind of um, reservation from yourself, and, and what's your experience has been as well? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's so difficult to, you know, know there's so many people on Twitter that could just quite easily pick up the phone and just tweet you directly and just send you loads of backlash but you you like I know deep down I know what I'm talking about when it comes to football so when it when it came to coming on the podcast I wasn't really that concerned because I knew what I said would have been right and would have been what I thought and as as long as I know that I'm okay with that but it is really difficult and there's just you constantly feel like you have to prove yourself and it's really hard um, for me personally, I'm only 20 and I would love to go into a career in the sports media industry, but I know in the back of my mind that it's going to be insanely tough and I'm going to face so much backlash at some point for wanting to do that. So it's really hard, but it's like I say, as long as you know you know what you're talking about, then you know I don't really care what the other people have to, have to say because I know what I'm saying. It's, it's it's real shame that, you know, people have to feel this way and think about 
what they want to do. What's the what's the big goal from her game two? Because as much as we'd all like it to be completely eradicated, you're always going to get the mindless idiots. Like you said, Kaz, it's the one comment in 20 positive comments that, that really does um, change the way that you, you look at things and perceive things. So what's what's the big aim now from, from you guys? Because obviously we're behind it. Um, but what what would you say to our listeners? Where's, where are we going with it? So one of the main aims is to raise awareness um, and educate because a lot of a lot of uh, dads have come forward to us actually, which has been quite refreshing for us to have these dads come forward and say thank you so much. I have a daughter that wants to play football and enjoys playing football, but she's been told on the school playground by the boys that she can't join in because it's a man's game. Um, there's also a dad that said his daughter has been told that she shouldn't join in with the boys playing football. She should go and make daisy chains instead. I mean, that's coming from a teacher. Um, so I think a lot of it is just un- like that people are uneducated on how bad it is and it is a form of discrimination. Um, so what we mainly want to do is raise awareness on how bad it really is, how it can affect people mentally, how it can put girls off um, enjoying the game that they once loved. Um, and if men can get behind us just as much as female fans, can then they can stand up to their mates at the pub that are making these sexist comments and what we want to do eventually I know we're a long way off but we want to build an environment at football stadiums and also in pubs when the football's on where a female could walk in and feel comfortable whether that's our logo being up in the clubs to say look if you receive any sexist abuse you can report it and something will be done about it because at the moment women don't know what to do if they're getting if they're getting told they don't belong or if they're getting any sort of sexist abuse that they might not feel comfortable to report it because it's such a man a manly environment where you've got 90 percent men and if we can have a moment where the ratio of men to women at football games and in pubs when the football's on has changed in the near future then we're doing our job Eve, is there anything that we we can do? Um, I'm, I'm saying we as as a male now that we can do t- to hopefully change people's outlook. Um, as Kaz mentioned, a really important part of this is men getting behind it, supporting it. This isn't just a campaign for for women to. Um, to tweet us to get the merchandise um the the men we need you to help drive this campaign and spread the message to your to your mates um educate your sons or the males in the family and um let them know if they say something that's sexist controversial just say this isn't acceptable anymore um and also if you've got any um female friends that are into their football have a conversation with them and and just don't look down on them when they're having like a discussion about football um promote it let them feel comfortable about sharing their their experiences um, and invite them along and make sure that you're just creating that nice safe safe space um, and the more we can get this campaign out, get it trending, get people wearing the merch, the more that it's going to become norm as as it should be. This this should have been set up years and years ago. Um, but the way that it snowballed so quickly is just so refreshing. So it's really exciting 
to see where this can go um but just keep supporting it keep shouting about us we're not we're not going quiet yet um so yeah you're, you're doing a great job thank you <laughs> um I, I want to come to each and individual one of you um in a second to see what your club response has been from not only your fans but also the club as well and I'll start with you Charlotte I know the club are often really keen to get female input aren't they um, we've had female only um like fan advisory board sessions and stuff like that but how do you feel the fan uh, the fan base of Wigan and the club have been with this whole kind of movement I think Wigan as a club are really accepting um I've been watching them for 10 years now and I've not personally ever faced any form of sexism at the club and I've always felt welcomed which is a testament to Wigan just a testament to Wigan Athletic um I've done so many fans forums I've been invited to fans forums and always felt welcome and as if I can you know speak and get involved and whatever I say I'm never going to be shut down so that is really good but at the same time I don't know that in the future something you know I could go to a football game next season and you know someone could say something sexist to me and it wouldn't surprise me so as good as Wigan are at handling it it's the fans that you have to think about and it's usually the fans that aren't you know your true Wigan supporters it's just the people that go there for a little something to do over the weekend and they think that they know more than you do so I think we're going to great for dealing with it but you know it's never going to be it's never going to be not there if that makes sense and it's a shame that you know it's it's kind of expected it shouldn't be expected at all should it no one should have to feel that they're going to get any level of abuse aimed at them. Now, Kaz and Eve, you support both sides of the city. Um, well, I shouldn't say city, should I? Because obviously it's Rovers and City. Um, <laughs> what's it like for for you both um, from the fan bases and also from the clubs as well? There's the support there. So, yeah. for me... Oh, no, go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, like Charlotte, haven't experienced sexist abuse at the game. Um, I go with a group of men that my dad's mates, I go with my brother, um, and we go to the pub beforehand, have a great discussion, and it's just normal. Um, And I, well, I'm one of the lads. I mean, I want to be one of the girls. I want it to be normal that girls are going to the football. So that's brilliant. Um, And then when I'm there, I, I get that when you're walking through, people people do kind of look and they're like, oh, a female. And I guess that's, we want that to change. We're not saying that's sexist, but we just want it to be a norm and not not strange, especially at away games. You don't get many girls there at all. Um, I have seen sexist abuse um, at other games. I've seen um, women being targeted, had chants uh, sung at them. Um, but luckily I've never been on, on the wrong end, well, on either end of, of those chants. Um, as far as the involvement goes from the club, they were great. They put out a little article. Um, they So they popped us on their homepage and they put a tweet in support of the Her Game 2 movement, which um, like that that was really, because that was right at the beginning of the movement. So really appreciative um, for that. Kaz, what about um, yourself? Yeah, so um, 
yeah unfortunately every fan base has those fans um and rovers has a fair few of them a lot a lot of them younger i would say they're about 17 to 21 in age range as a group of them um and i've felt specifically targeted by a bunch of bristol rovers fans unfortunately um a lot of things i would say which is no different to what the boys I do the podcast with has said. Um, we'll all do a podcast, we'll have similar opinions, but it'll be me that gets attacked. Um, and it's got to the point where I've had to block a fair few of, uh, yeah, a fair few Bristol Rovers fans because I felt that they were targeting me constantly. Um, so that's a shame, obviously, um, but that's done now and I don't hear from them anymore because they're blocked off every single platform. Um, they, they just say strange things to me, like they'll, they'll, go out their way to message me off some anonymous account and say, oh, why do you think you own the football club and stuff like that, which is just like just such strange comments to make. And yeah, it, like not none of it necessarily sexist, um, but they will like nasty tweets from opposition fans about me and stuff like that, which would be sexist. So they're not saying it directly, but they'd be liking it, which is strange because you kind of want fans of the club that you support to be on your side. So that was really hurtful that they weren't. Um, but in terms of Bristol Rovers as a club, um, they have been absolutely fantastic. Um, I can honestly cannot commend them enough for how they've dealt with the Her Game 2 thing. Straight away, as soon as we put it out on Saturday, put the video out, I had a message from them saying, do you, do you want us to tweet support? We'll do that straight away. Um, so they quoted the video we put out and and use the hashtag her game too. Um, I've had a meeting with the community trust of Bristol Rovers. Um, we, we all went out for lunch and they said, look, anything you need from us, you just let us know and we'll do our very best to do it. If you need a room at the MEM um, for workshops, we'll sort that out for you. If you want us to put your logo up in up in the clubhouse or in the program, we'll do our very best to sort that out for you. So they've been absolutely incredible. And that's exactly what we need because obviously I've had um, Bristol Rovers fans target me and uh, abuse me. Obviously, it's the minority. I will say a lot of Bristol Rovers fans have said how proud they are of, of me in this campaign, which is so, so lovely. But when you look at that minority that, that abused me for being a woman and, um, yeah, targeted me, then when you see Bristol Rovers Football Club get behind it and um, ex-Rovers players like Mark Little, Tom Lockyer, Alex Jakubiak have as well, um, it obviously makes them look a bit silly and, and they probably feel quite ashamed of what they've done. Um, so it's really, really great that Bristol Rovers and the, the players have been so supportive. It'd be really good to see other clubs replicate that. Um, Charlotte, if that was something that was available, you know, for example, uh, meetings and, and what have you, at the, the club, is that something that you'd attend and um, be all for? Yeah, of course. You know, at Wigan, I I do feel really, you know, welcomed and I don't really necessarily feel like I'm not in a safe place, but... We're going to really good for helping out the community and I'm sure the club themselves would 100% get behind it. And if that is something they would do, then I'm sure many, many female supporters would also be involved and they wouldn't even think twice as to whether to do it. Um, it's so important and it would just it would just make match days 10 times better if everyone could just, you know, watch a game of football and just enjoy it and not have to, you know, worry that they're going to, you know, go out there go and watch a football game and then get receive abuse after it because they're just doing something they enjoy and it's not what anyone, you know, no one wants to receive abuse for that. Yeah, and I, for me, I feel that the the Premier League and the EFL need to need to do more. And 
it all stems for me as well from the Sean Massey Ellis uh, incidents. Uh, was it the Richard Keys and Andy Gray back in 2011 when they made you know comments about her? But then she ended up being withdrawn from games and placed into a League Two fixture because of somebody else's comments. I think if the if the EFL and the Premier League could hopefully you know get behind a movement like this and make it part of the standard kind of education within um, football, it would go a long way into aiding the. Oh, I don't want to say closure because you'll like I say you'll never get rid of it because we know we know with any form of abuse it's always going to be there because there are people that that don't care, isn't there? But it would go a long way, wouldn't it, to um, assisting with it becoming um, a lesser thing? Yeah, and and one thing to point out as well um, to the FA, to the EFL, to the Premier League, how many gate receipts are you losing through women not feeling comfortable going to your matches because it's male-dominated? How many pubs are, are losing money because females will not go just to avoid the the male dominated areas at pubs and uh, there'll be a lot of women. I mean, we've already started up a survey, um, which we're rolling out to female fans on the Hurricane two page. And we've had over 300 girls complete it already. And the responses that we've had um, in terms of asking them, we said, Oh, have you ever experienced seeing a woman get sexist abuse at a game or online? And 92% of women have come back and said, yes, which is a massive, figure and that's huge huge data so we're hoping to get some more so we could get some accurate figures and then we're going to publish that but then we can go to the EFL and say look how many women are put off going to your football matches how much money are you losing and we all know these you know the EFL and the Premier League are driven by money Um, so to go to them with that sort of data um, and that's Another thing Bristol Rovers have been very good with is they're willing to, to look at um, the male to female ratio of season ticket holders. And that's more data we can put forward and say, look, if more women felt comfortable going to your games, then you will earn more money. And to them, that will be a big red flag and then hopefully drive them to get behind the movement. Obviously, it shouldn't be the case. It should be because they believe in it. But it is a very good fact that actually for them and from a business side of it, they're losing or could be losing a lot of money from women not being interested because of the way it is currently set up. I'm just going to come back to you, Kaz, because it's just something that's come to my mind. And it's, you know, you were talking about gate receipts and stuff like that. And I remember, um, I think it might have been last year or at least last season, some comments aimed at yourself. I know obviously we're in a different position because we've been in lockdown, but have you ever got to the point where you think, not because of the way the team's playing, because uh, I, we, we know Bristol Rovers didn't do <laughs> too well last season. Um, but have you ever got to the position where you think, I don't want to go to the game for fear of it? Yeah, and uh, Lucy Ford, actually, who's part of her game too, is a, a Rovers fan. She had a lot of uh, abuse and Bristol Rovers fans taking her picture and retweeting it on social media. And she said she didn't go to the game after that because she was too afraid that they would start taken the mick out of her in person um but yeah um I have had moments where I felt anxious going um but if the abuse that I received during the lockdown if that was in normal times and um Bristol Rovers had a game the following Saturday or Tuesday there is no way I would have gone because a lot of them were Bristol Rovers fans that were like liking these tweets against me like you know saying horrible things um and I felt I would have definitely felt that 
no, I can't go in. I'd be too afraid to go in that clubhouse because, I mean, I was afraid to go to work. I was afraid to go to work because I thought, what if someone, I mean, these they're, they're Bristol Rovers fans and Bristol City fans. I was getting it from both sides. You think, well, I'm in Bristol. What if they come up to my face and say something to me? And that was what my fear was. I was already very vulnerable and very fragile anyway after the abuse that I received. I was losing sleep. I was very anxious. So yeah, of course I wouldn't have felt comfortable going to a game and I can guarantee you, yeah, I would have, I would have sacked it off. No, obviously Rovers weren't doing very well anyway, but even if they were, I would have been far too afraid to go. And I think even now I'm a bit anxious, you know, in the future, um, now this her game two things come about, we've had a lot of backlash from this, um, unjustified obviously um but I can guarantee we'll get one or two comments taking taking the piss out of us for her game too as well so yeah I do have that anxiety about going to games and um if that yeah abuse after that Wickham tweet that I wrote um was in normal times yeah I, I wouldn't have gone which is really really sad it is sad because at the end of the day this is something that we all enjoy doing we all enjoy go watching our teams whether it's good bad um or indifferent you know we, we're all we've all go to enjoy it we've all got one aim we want to see our team do well and it's it's unfair that you know you you could pass a comment um about how poorly the team played you get a load of backlash and I say exactly the same thing and it's like oh yeah we agree with you it, it shouldn't be like that Charlotte is it something that would put you off do you feel if someone came and um made comments about uh, your opinion um or something like that do you think it stopped you going to a lattice game um, I think it would have, you know, it would definitely have, there would be something in my head that's told me, you know, don't, don't go, stay away. But I go to the football with my dad. So I feel like I would be a bit safer <laughs> because I know if, if he ever heard anyone directly come over to me and be sexist towards me, he would be fuming um, because it's something that we, we do together, me and my dad, my granddad and my mum and you know, I would, I just feel safe with those. So if I didn't go with my family, things would be different. And if I was on my own, I would definitely not, not go to a game. But because of who I go with, I do feel safe and I do feel welcome. So it would, it would really depend on what had been said and, you know, how I felt at the time, because I, I love watching Wigan. I genuinely look forward to it every single at the start of every week. And if I didn't, if I couldn't do that, which is why lockdown has been really, really tough as well. Because if I couldn't do that, it would just, you know, it would, I'd be heartbroken. So they'd have to have said something really, really bad to stop me from going watching my team. Yeah, I think it's the scale of it as well, to be honest, because with mine, it was about 20 Rovers fans that were all clearly a group of mates. Um, and then so one person would say something nasty and then they would all retweet it and all, all like it. So it kind of feels like you've got 20 guys and then just you um luckily I ended up getting a lot of support from people who saw it um, but they didn't see it till the next day so I had to go through the whole night feeling like I'd been ganged up on online but then you think about okay what if this is in person what if I walk into the clubhouse as often I would go to a game um, and I'll, I'll go on my own and meet my friends in the clubhouse and I think what if I like you know if I'm the first one to get there and I'm in this room and the, that same group of 20 boys are in there and they start shouting stuff at me to my face that that is sort of what the fear is for me and I think it all depends on the scale of it um and how many I mean Amy who does the her game two with us she had a lot of Swansea fans attack her last night um and it is it, it's a lot of them and you think god like 
if you want to go to a game and you bump into this group of lads, that's really intimidating and really quite scary. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it depends on the circumstance. It's not just one off comment. It's if, it, if you feel ganged up on. Eve, I'm going to come to you now. Um, obviously, we've got the Euros coming up and I've seen the, the campaign now to try and get um, at least one female fan, fan from uh, each country to, to get on board and really spread the message. Um now, I've had a bit of abuse from friends by suggesting that obviously Rhys James should start again uh, ahead of uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, I don't know if you remember the uh, tapping he scored at uh, your place a couple of years ago, Rhys James from uh, from some distance. But um, do you feel that it's going to really ramp up in these next couple of weeks when uh, the Euros begin, uh, and especially when? England will inevitably let us down at the final stage. Yes, I do. So um, one comment that sticks with me, it's from um, the tournament back in 2014, I believe. Um, and I went to the pub with a friend and she, uh, it was me and her and like a load of boys. And one of them came up to me and I was just talking to someone else about football. And uh, he said to me, oh, if you know so much about football, who would your starting 11 be? And it's like, on paper, it looks absolutely fine. Well, it doesn't, but it was the tone of voice. There was no way that he would go up to a bloke and say that. Um, So firstly, you are not defined on being a football fan by whether you can name your starting 11. Um, I mean, I personally can do it, but there's, there's people out there that, that want to support England, that are allowed to support them. Even if you can't name one, you still have a right to be there and support them. And, and comments like that are going to put people off. Um, I think it, it's definitely going to get a lot worse over the next few weeks because, I don't know, with the restrictions, there might be less people in the pub, so people might think that they've got this divine right to be there over someone a female who doesn't actually follow the game and and it doesn't matter what you do in in the year whether you're a football fan or not you've still got every right to be there so I am waiting for these comments to come at like uh, oh who would you choose and and uh, yeah I'm, I'm a championship supporter like I've got a very different opinion to to these Premier League sports and and it is biased it's all opinions people are, are gonna watch these players week in week out I, I only see them when when I watch on super sunday every four weeks like there is no right or wrong answer um and people need to stop coming for for women for their opinions whether they've got them or not like firstly let them just enjoy the game without questioning them making them justify why they have to be there and secondly take that opinion on board it is football is all a matter of opinions and it doesn't matter what your background what your knowledge is we're all allowed to have them Absolutely. And I must admit, I couldn't have named the uh, Wigan Athletic starting or best 11 at the start of last season. You know, you go through that many um, changes due to our circumstances, but no one would even bat an eyelid. And it's it's it. Let everyone have their opinion, whether you agree with it or not. You can have a conversation around a disagreement. Um, before we before we wrap things up, Kaz, what's the best method for anyone who is suffering any abuse to to go about dealing with it would you advise 
Um, so obviously with her game two, it's it's um, you know a brand new movement. We've only been going for two weeks but what we do want people to do is start speaking out um about any abuse that they get it's not the norm and it's no longer going to be the norm if we if we do what what we're planning to do and, and create this sort of safe haven for women to be able to speak out um with her game too obviously we've we've had floods of women coming forward that have all experienced some some sort of abuse um so if you do want to contact us on her game too and you just want to get a bit of advice on how to deal with it um obviously we have we've started this movement because we've been through <laughs> the worst of the worst. And if any girls do want to speak to us and, and get some sort of advice, then we're more than happy to, to speak to you and, and let you know how we sort of dealt with it. Um, because I had about two weeks where I would have loved to have someone tell me how to deal with it because I really struggled. Um, so because we've been through it and we we've had it in the masses, any girls, if you want to speak to anyone um, at her game too, then feel free to just drop us a DM. Um, and yeah, what we're doing, what we're working towards is getting um, football clubs and, and pubs to um, create that environment where you can report anything in person, um, report anything online. And hopefully we will get to that point where things will eventually be done about it and we will minimalize the amount of, of sexist abuse that goes on online. Well, although... You shouldn't have to get to that position because it shouldn't be a thing. I, I, I and I know the whole podcast team and we all wish you all the best success with it. We will keep banging the drum for her game mm-hmm. too. And we will we will do our part, whatever small part that is, to make sure that um, no one is discriminated against. Keep up the good work. It was I, I must have watched that video on FA Cup final day at least 10 times because I can't believe some of the comments I've heard some of the comments being said in the stands I've read some of the comments but you just think it's an isolated thing that's just going to um you know like I say like an, an isolated thing but it's not it it's more than that and I think as through doing the podcast we've got in touch with more female um opposition fans especially and you see the level of abuse that is aimed towards you and it, it's just not fair at the end of the day you know we don't get it we might get it, but not in a in such an attacking way. So um, to you and to Eve and the rest of the team um, who are going with this movement, keep up the good work. Whatever we can do, we will do. Hence, having you guys on the podcast tonight. Thank you for, for joining us. Thank you, Charlotte, for coming on and uh, speaking. We'll have you on again, no doubt, next season. And wish you all the success with it for the future. Thank you so much for having us. Honestly, any support just means a lot, um, especially from men. Like we said earlier, we need all of you to to have our backs and stand stand with us on this because it's so important. Thank you so much. I'm echoing what Cal said. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. Uh, it's a goodbye from me.